strengthened us. He has anointed us. He has carried us. And wherever you are, those of you that are watching online with us, with our church family, even if you have not made known your circumstance, God knows where you are. And the same word to those that are in victory is the same word to those that are pressing through to it. And we do believe we're going to see a victory. We've seen multiple victories. The victory is not that God answers your prayer like you wanted. The victory is that you keep praying. The victory is not that everything's happening the way you want it. The victory is that when the Lord turns left, you keep going with him. That we don't leave him since he's never left us. We don't leave him because we don't like what he's doing. I'm telling you the victory is when you adjust what you expect to what God is doing. I'm going to say that again. We all have to adjust what we expect to what God is doing. So whatever he does, everybody say, God is good. All the time. And all the time, God is good. And we know that whatever he does, even though you might be suspicious of me, you know, my three, us three, and no more, us four, and no more, we want God to do this for us, we don't really care about what he's doing for everybody else, that's not our viewpoint. We are a body in this church. And so whatever God is doing to one of us, He's doing to all of us. And this morning we had a wonderful memorial service to remember. And I'm just going to review that with you. We commemorate and honor milestones in our lives with flowers, birthdays, Valentine's Day, engagements, weddings, and funerals. And I said that this morning. And if you weren't here, I want you to lift your hand up and our ushers are going to pass through our congregation again. I know there were several people that were in Sunday school in all three sections. I see some hands in the front over here in the middle section and hands on the side. So we need someone on this side, in the middle, and on this side. Just keep your hand up till you receive your flower. It's a small token. It has no holiness in it, but it is a memorial to a moment. It says, we celebrated a moment together. People take those flowers, those live flowers, and press them in a wedding album to remind them of the day they were married. We still have folks in the front here. If the ushers will just divide them up, take a handful, and just pass them out till you're done. We've got to have all three sections. Down in the front over here, people still have their hands up. Praise the Lord. Brother Jim, we need to clone you. Hallelujah. This won't save you, and it won't give you the Holy Ghost, but it might help you to remember. To remember. We use the word remember. I want you to think of member and remember. These are our members. When you remember, you are fleshing out a moment. And we have had so many moments, from joy to sorrow, that our church cannot be experiencing the same thing at the same time. But today, Pastor and I said, we are going to stop for a memorial. On February the 6th, we are stopping 2020, 22. 
in the middle of 40 days of fire. We are stopping to remember. To remember what? Those of you that have lost family and friends, you're going to spend the rest of your life remembering. You will never stop remembering. Never. You shared a relationship. You will remember over and over again. At trigger times, a smell, a song, a moment, a joke, a piece of clothing, whatever. You're going to remember, and that's how your loved ones live. Well, when we remember God, what we are saying is the moment cannot be bigger than the God that enfolds them all. So that even if you're in mourning, you say, well, I'm in mourning, I need to remember my loved one. You're going to remember your loved one. But if you want to bring a memorial moment, it's not your loved one we need to remember. It's the God who's holding the loved one. Because you can't get in touch with your loved one. And the truth is, even a dried flower will not bring back the day of your wedding. If you're going to rekindle the moment, you have to rekindle the love. Not the dress, not the tux. You have to rekindle, you have to rekindle the passion that drove that moment. And our church has been marching around these walls. I'm telling you the truth. I guess we've been doing it for two years. Prayer walking took on a whole new meaning. When we came back from COVID and we started having prayer meetings and they weren't just everybody kneels down in their own little seat and they pray their little prayer for five minutes and then they get up and leave because they've told God what they want for their family. Through all of this increasing pressure, we have all fallen in love with one another again and carried each other's burdens. And we can't just sit still anymore. We start walking and we start singing songs. I'm going to see a victory. I can't, I'm releasing my faith in my feet. I'm releasing my faith in my hands. What are you doing? Every corporate prayer we have, we are building a memorial to a moment. And the God that gave it. One of our precious saints of God came to me and said, I made a commitment this year. I am going to be at everything this church has. Everything. I'm coming to everything it's got, no matter what it is. I will be present for every single thing. You know what they're doing? Making a memorial. I'm going to mark the moments of my life, not by the traumas and the tragedies. I am going to show up for everything because God's going to show up. I'm going to be there. I'm going to remember him so he will remember me. I am going to make sure he remembers who I am. Psalm 77 is a psalm of remembrance. And we'll start with verse 1 of Psalm 77 to give you a little context. And I'll try to go through this quickly. This morning we sang our way through. But tonight I'm going to give you the actual scriptures that prove the point. I cried to God with my voice. Even unto God with my voice. I could stop there and talk about our church is a loud church. As long as there's music going, even quiet people can say a prayer and not be heard. But here's the thing. God is the one who listens to the sound of individual voices, not us. And we can't make it loud enough to drown out the silence if you're not praying. 
He said, I cried to God with my voice. And I told you that before David went into surgery, I had to get alone with the Lord by myself. I don't like those moments. I don't like them because I'm facing something I don't want to face. That he is God, he is sovereign, and he's going to do what he wants to do. And I'm going to have to adjust what I think about my life and him and the future based on what he chooses, not what I do. I can choose to be angry and bitter at him because I don't like what he says and walk away from him. Or I can say, even this will not drive me away from your presence. He said, I cried to God with my voice, even unto God with my voice. And what was the result? He gave his ear to me. Because see, it's not how loud you scream, it's that you're talking to him and he listens. You've got his ear when you start talking. Verse 2. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. He said, I looked for him. My sore ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. This is a person who can't sleep. I don't know how the men are doing, but I can tell you one thing. The women aren't sleeping. We're up all hours of the night. And certainly this last week, it could have been the prayer week for me because I didn't sleep all night Thursday night. I called my mom and dad, tried to lay my head down. Precious David and Sheena got in their room. And I thought to myself, I can't even imagine because we're being done to at this moment. I can't think about anybody. I just need Jesus. I have prayed all week long. I've, I've got to pack myself full of faith and trust in God because I don't know what the answer will be. I can't wait till the doctor comes out and gives my daughter a word to go, oh, I need Jesus. I need you now, Lord, before I walk in there because I don't know what you're going to say. And that's when I said, Lord, I love you. Mom and dad, we're going to pray. Let's pray together one more time. And the sound of my parents, 600 miles away, 88, 89, speaking in tongues and crying, brought back my childhood memorial moments. I remember the sound of weeping and prayer in my ears. He said, I refuse to be comforted. Couldn't watch a show, did not want to be distracted from the moment. Wasn't trying to eat my way out of it or watch my way out of it or entertain my way out of it. It was me and Jesus. I'm going to have to remember God. Not the doctor, not David. I can't, this is too big. I can't remember any of them. You, Lord. Verse 3. I remembered God. When you are that down and you are that pressed, you don't remember physicians and surgeons. and You, you, you got to have God. And was troubled, I complained, and my spirit was overwhelmed in me. Verse 6, I remembered God, and then I called remembrance to remembrance my song. I, I started singing songs. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to sing it, even if I don't feel it. I'm going to remember my songs. All my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so good. As long as I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. I remember my song in the night and then verse 10 he said this is my infirmity. I'm sick. It doesn't look like there's going to be any healing for me. 
I'm going to battle this weakness till I die. I'm going to fight with this till I die. But I'm going to remember years of what God has done. I'm going to draw in the past to help stabilize me in the present. That's the only thing I can do. I am not going to try to run from it. I'm going to turn around and say, I'm here right now. I hurt. I'm here right now. I'm weak. I'm here right now. God, all I can say is, I know what you've done. And I shared with the choir tonight, from the time I was nine years old when God brought back my little beagle after praying for two weeks straight with my mom and dad here, and God brought that little dog back, I knew then that he was a prayer answering God. You can never convince me otherwise. And I started my journey then, just like a child, just telling Jesus literally everything. Whatever bothered me, I bothered him with it. I remembered the years. And as a 63-year-old woman remembering going through this with my child, then I went with my grown daughter through something with her husband. Do you understand how important it is to remember? Raise your hand and say, remind me, Lord. Remind me. Hallelujah. Whatever we're thinking or feeling, we must remember verse 12. He said, I'll meditate of all your work and talk of your doings. This is why we cannot just keep going through memorial service after memorial service and never tying up together how wonderful God was to give us the Dyer family in this church for 60 years. We can't just pass over that and go, well, no big deal. I wasn't here then. We are building and built on a foundation that somebody else laid. You and I are here tonight. I remember Brother Don talking about people I never met that took him home when he was 18 and just starting church and would give him a grilled cheese sandwich or just fellowship with him. It wasn't the food. It was the connection in love. Everybody is here because of somebody else. I have to remember that. That's the work of God. Yes. You're not paid to do that. Nobody's going to give you a tax break or a refund because you were kind to someone in this congregation. There's a genuine love and care and concern. We're not paid for that. That is the work of God. When people who would have never met one another except for the church wind up carrying one another's burdens, looking at each other with fresh eyes, fresh love, fresh concern. We're not perfect. We don't expect perfection. But what a blessing and a work of God that from so many backgrounds never had the chance to be together. He has brought us into his house. This is his work. It needs to be discussed. If God can do this, he's a peace speaker. If God can do this, he's a peacemaker. He's the prince of peace. He just quietens down all the differences and divisions and says, you're my child and you're my child. And when you fall in love with Jesus and he falls in love with you, suddenly you don't see people's differences. You just recognize you're a soul saved by grace like me. I am meditating on what God has done. It's not that he kept all these saints alive. It's that he's kept us alive in spite of where they are. That's the thing. That our church is still singing. That even afflicted, we're rejoicing. 
Even suffering infirmity, we're still praising. Even suffering anguish and sorrow, we're still coming to church. You're still singing. You're still attending. You're still giving. What is that? That's healing and that's glory. That's the Lord's doing. I understand, you know, I've gone through a very small thing this week and it doesn't look like healing. It looks pretty bad. And it's like my Lord, my face has taken a beating this entire year. And then I had a place on my face and they said we can either use the nitrogen, it's going to leave a scar, or we give you cream and, and it'll burn to the bone anyway. And, and I'm like, that looks really bad, but that was a mark of healing. What was happening to me wasn't the disease, it was the healing. What you see on my face and what you see on David or don't, that, that looks awful and it feels really bad. That's what healing feels like. When you get cut open and God removes something that's going to take your life and you feel like you've just been gutted. You know what I'm going to say? I'm in pain and we're still limping along. But oh, thank you, Jesus. This is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous. He's getting down to where we live. I want to remember I want to remember and then when you're feeling this when you're feeling fear Psalms 34 and 7 I put up 41 and 10 this morning but 34 and 7 Lord I'm so afraid and I'm going to say this, when pastor went down Main Street on a Sunday three or four weeks ago, we were talking about it today because it was the Lord's doing. It wasn't him. I said, honey, it just was amazing. And he said, I never go down Main Street. And I certainly don't because there's been construction. But on Sunday, uh, Sheena had gone to Cane's to get chicken and I went to Fazoli's to get salads. And he said, I don't even know why I decided I'm going to go check the mail. And I pulled past main hardware and there was a food truck and he said the thought just a thought just a thought you need to stop and he just kept going because his next thought was why do I want to stop the family's already going for food and more insistently just in a split second turn around and he did and then he walked up, got out of the car. He wasn't feeling any shining splendor. He wasn't feeling ta-da. He didn't hear angels. He just got out of the car and walked up to the food truck and said, hi, where are you from? Sri Lanka. Well, that sounds interesting. Uh, what do you have to eat? And he already knew we were getting food. Well, let me buy something from you. No. And he said, it just started rolling. We'll give it to you. Well, no, you don't need to give it. And he said, I put down money in it. What's happening? The angel. Sheena's driving down 670. I, I, it took me two hours with both hands on the wheel Thursday night in the dark to drive them down to that inner city. And two hours, the angel on the way, a truck over here and a truck over there and a car in the ditch. The angel. I'm afraid there is an angel even when you don't feel it. Remember. 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 Hallelujah. And then when you feel lonely, because you're going to feel lonely. 
You are going to feel it. Just make up your mind. What are you going to do to relieve it? I don't want to feel it. For some reason, it's necessary for us to feel it. Matthew 28 and 20 says this. Remember, remember, no matter what you feel, remember what he said. Matthew 28 and 20 says, Lo, I am with you only when you're singing, only when you're in church, only when you're doing what I want you to do. Lo, I am with you always. What does always mean? He said, let me paint a picture for you. Even unto the end, if one of us endures till the end of the world, do you know who will be standing with the one of us? Hahaya. <laughs> when you feel lonely, remember, he said, I am with you always. That's why I said remember God. Your mother can't make you that promise. Your daddy can't make you that promise. Your children cannot make you that promise. But God can. Lift your hands right now. <laughs> remember. When you feel forsaken, Hebrews 13, Paul quoted it. He said, don't you be covetous. Don't be wanting something. Don't always be looking for something to fill the emptiness. Don't do it. Don't go seeking for this, that, and the other. Hebrews 13 and 5 says, be content. Then he says, why? He has said, he, the one we haven't seen yet, the one we're just listening to, I love your voice. You have led me through the fire. It's only a voice. It's only an impression. It's only, a, I thank God. Can you see why your faith that's keeping you anchored? I love you more now than I, lo than I loved you before we went through all this. Because you know what? You just keep getting back up. We just keep getting back up. We just, and everywhere I look, I see people that should be saying, stay down. Because if you get up, you're going to get it again. And you know what happens? You get right back up again. And you know what he is saying to us? I will never leave you. Nor forsake. Leave means what a mother does when she puts a baby down and that baby finally goes to sleep. He said, I'm not going to do that. Even if you are so badly behaved, even if you are such a disappointment to me, this means much to me, especially when I was a teenager and I was going hither and thither and yon trying to find my way. He said, I will not forsake you. 
That means you might deserve it, and there are other people going to go, I can't get much out of you. You know, users and abusers, people who have friends that they keep until they've used them up and then they're on to the next. The Lord said, I don't feel that way about you. I'm not going to leave you even for a moment, although your mama would if you were taking a nap. I won't leave you. And then when things get really ugly, I'm not walking out on you. You may walk out on me, but I will not Oh, oh man. Remember. 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 So you may feel forsaken, but you're not. You may feel alone, but you're not. If God can bring a couple from Sri Lanka to 23rd Street, Newark, Ohio, do you actually think... He did not see your genetic DNA before the world was formed. I can't do that, but he can't. There are no accidents in this room tonight. No accidents. Would you lift your hands? Even if you're hurting. Maybe you've sinned. Certainly we all have sinned. Anybody who says they haven't, dear God, you need to get real. <laughs> I don't know what you think. I think it's 1 John 1 and 9. I want you to put that up there. 1 John 1 and 9. Whoa. Don't tell me you don't sin. Families have arguments. I have to apologize. My tone is sharp. My words are not considerate. I have to apologize. You know why I apologize? I remember the love. I am not willing to sacrifice the relationship for my inability to be humble. I just got to make it clean. That's why we're stopping now because we can't just keep going on to the next thing as a church. We have to stop and absorb what God is doing for us, even in our loss. Precious Charlie and Nancy, how good was God? How good was God to leave them here with us and let them serve? And I, I'm going to be honest. I'm so glad that Pastor got up and publicly said, it hurt us that we did not get to say goodbye to them. That was hard on our church. Now that was hard on us. I can't imagine some of you that grew up with them. That was hard. You know what? You know when healing begins? When you say it. That was hard. And the instant you make that confession, this hurts. I'm going to say something. Tegan and Siobhan are so tender hearted. It doesn't take much to make them cry. They are little children. And Jesus said, you got to be like little kids. If you're going to get my kingdom, you got to be able to let go of stuff just that quick. And you've got to be able to address it. And Tegan is very like her aunt favorite in that even if she hadn't talked to me all day or if we've played all day, when it comes time to go to bed, everything that bothers her is coming out. Do you know what that is? Confess. say, well, the Bible doesn't teach against it. If you feel bad about it, it needs to be spoken. <laughs> 
If it touches your heart, it needs to be taken care of. And it needs to be taken care of immediately, whether it's with your husband or your wife or your kids or your God. Remember, even if you feel as low as you can go because you failed, remember if we, I want you to read it with me, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Remember, lift your hands right now. You know what that means? It means He won't forsake us as long as we're telling Him the truth about our lives. If it touches me, if it hurts me, He needs to hear about it. When you're sad, remember your song. When you're powerless, the Bible has a word. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You remember that when you feel beat down and you're in a room by yourself. And I just sat there and leaned against that headboard. I knew I was going to see 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock. I knew it. I knew I couldn't sleep. I couldn't. I wanted to sleep. I could not sleep. But I listened to the sound of those elders weeping and speaking in tongues. It was like a peace that passes understanding. I'm connecting. I'm remembering the blood. And I'm going to tell you something about repentance. Pastor and I repent a lot and all the time. Because if anything is happening in this church because of us, we're going to humble down immediately. It's already been taken care of. Trust me. There's none of this, well, if they, it's us. This says if we, not if y'all. So you know what? If I see somebody doing something in our church that's a little bit hinky, do you know what? I start asking for forgiveness for them. We, us, your problem is my problem. And I keep praying. Say, you don't know my problems. I know when children aren't doing well. Any mother knows that. And I can't go correct it. But I'm asking in the name of Jesus, Lord, cover that with the blood. Cover that. They're precious. Hallelujah. God wants us to remember. So instead of being so focused on ourselves, we remember Him. And we remember mercy. And we remember goodness. And we remember forgiveness. And then we can pour that out on each other like a perfume. Hallelujah. Remember. Hallelujah. When you feel overwhelmed, remember that God is bigger than everything that's bigger than you. I thought of Elijah. Three things came to Elijah. An earthquake, which certainly has the power to kill. If you've never been in one, then you cannot appreciate what that feels like. I have been, and it's awful. It sounds like the whole world is exploding in noise. It's in your ears. It goes through your bones. It's the biggest sound I've ever heard in my life because the earth beneath my feet. It's in the air. It's in the ground. It's in the floor. My bed just moved with me in it across the floor as if somebody were just skating it. Biggest sound I've ever heard in my life. Elijah stood there in a cave and an earthquake happened and I know he felt it in his chest. And then a wind, and you know wind kills. They're called tornadoes, hurricanes, and typhoons, and they kill. Earthquakes, typhoon, and then fire. 
Dear God, what else is there? Everything that came by him was bigger than him. But God wasn't in any of it. Until a very still, small voice. We have unplugged, taken meat out of our mouths, getting ready to do the last thing that's probably the hardest for me. Get up early in the morning in the dark. Come down to the church and kneel down on the floor. Why? I remember you. Remember me. Remember me. Remember. Jonah 2 and 7. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered, he didn't say I remembered the ship that could take me away to a distant land. No cruise. I didn't remember a boat. I did not remember sailors. I knew that where I am is bigger than anybody who knows who I am. When my soul, I got down to the core of me, and me just gave out. I don't have any more strength. I can't. I remembered. I have an advocate. I remembered God in the belly of a fish whirling around in acid and seaweed. If you think that felt good, to be in that animal's digestive tract with everything that his body produced to dissolve bones and flesh, and Jonah was in it. And he said, I remember the Lord. Down in the depths of the animal who was in the depths of the water, God heard when Jonah aligned his will to God's. And he said, my prayer came in out of the depth of the fish and the fish in the depth of the ocean through the acid and the seaweed up past the water, the breakers, through the air, into the atmosphere. My prayer came in to thee in your temple. This moment our church is in is just too big for one service. We can't sing enough. The most we can do is remember God. This, even him collecting the flowers of our congregation like a bouquet, this is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous. It's terrible in the truest sense of the word. Terrible means awe-inspiring. And Victoria, I was there the night we had the last church service with your dad. It was awesome. It was full of awe. As we began to sing and to pray and to quote scriptures, your father's countenance 
just settled. I know he had to endure several more hours, but something spoke to your father in his unconscious state. Remember God because God remembers you. I want you to take those flowers. Those of you that got them, and I see these little children with their flowers. Those of you that got them this morning, from this morning, I want you to lift those up. And those of you that don't have them with you, just lift your hands. Lord, this is a memorial moment of a church who has been through fire and water and rivers and flood. And we are still standing. We still believe. We still are praising. This is a memorial moment. You have brought us through the unthinkable, the unimaginable. And in the silence of this moment, we honor the God of creation, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask the praise team to come. There's such a holy healing here again this morning. The same presence of the Lord that was here this morning is here now. And if you want to come and present those flowers as a wave offering before the Lord, I'm going to invite you to do that now. Because this moment is bigger than I'm going to have a memorial service for my mama or my papa or... This is a remembering God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has brought us through all of these things. I remember. Hallelujah. Will you lift your hands together? Hallelujah. 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 Pastor said it this morning. Jesus said, I want you to take a cup. I want you to literally drink. I want to make this physical. I want you to remember me. Drink a cup. I want you to eat some bread to remember me. I didn't bring you bread to cup. I brought you a little flour to remember a moment.